Hey, this is Sam, and you're listening to the Kids Corner on Family Life. Today, Mr. Jacobs is thinking about the last year and all the fun dramas he and the kids have done together. Let's listen in. And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the wonderful drama, Squirrely Locks and the Two Bears, an adapted biblical teaching about property. Once upon a time in the big forest, there were two bears. A papa bear. Come along, cub of mine. Let's go get some dinner. And a baby bear. Okay, papa. What are we having? Salmon? Honey? Oh, oh, can we go to the dumpster in the park? Can we please, please? <laughs> we went there last night. Aren't you tired of burned hot dogs and dropped s'mores? Nope. Well, we're not going there this time. But don't worry, this will be just as good. The Papa Bear led his cub through thickets and streams until they came to a little tree in a small clearing. Here we are. What is this? This is a hazelnut tree. And all over the ground are the tastiest little snacks in the forest. Check it out. Mmm, so good. Okay, are you sure? Oh! That is good. The two bears munched on hazelnuts for a while, and then Papa Bear had an idea. You know what would make this dinner even better? Berries. I'll be right back. And so off into the woods he lumbered looking for berries. But what no one knew was that scampering through the treetops, a little squirrel had caught a whiff of a delicious scent and was determined to find where it was coming from. Hazelnuts! Nuts have hazelnuts! Oh, there they are! But there's a bear cub already eating them. Hmm, this might get a little tricky. Very quietly, the squirrel clambered down the tree trunk and watched as the cub clumsily picked up the next little morsel. Now's my chance! And with that, the squirrel leapt across the clearing and took the hazelnut out of the cub's paws. Hey! Too slow, little bear! (laughs) The cub picked up another, and the squirrel once again snatched it away. Slow again! Mm, what a tasty game! This happened again and again until the bear cub was fighting back tears. Aw, is a little baby bear going to cry? Is the... <laughs> oh boy. Take food away from my cub, will you? Get back here! I'm sorry! Then you should have asked, not steal from my baby. You're in for it now. The moral. Ah! The moral is that when someone has something, it's because God gave it to them. The Bible tells us that when we would like to have something good, we need to ask God for it. It might be tempting to just take what we want from someone else, but keep in mind that when we steal from others, we are stealing from God, too. And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the automotive drama, The Two Cars, an adapted biblical teaching about rest. Once upon a time, there was a racetrack. Good evening, folks. It's a beautiful day here at the Speedway. The perfect kind of day for a race. Every day, cars of all shapes and sizes would come to compete. 
and the day of our story was no different. That's right, I'm Storm Miguel, and I'm here to ride like the wind. And I'm Edna Hopper, number 22 all the way. These two racers really took their sport seriously and each had their own styles that helped give them the edge. My pit team is the fastest in the west or east or wherever. I don't ever slow down until I reach that finish line. All right, racers, get to your starting lines. The cars took their places, waited for the signal. And they're off. What a great start to a race. Sullivan and Parr fall behind Hopper and Gale as they take an early lead. It's going to take a lot more than speed to win this race. Yeah, it's going to take brains. Or just good old-fashioned stamina. The two racers pulled out way ahead, clearly in a league of their own. And that's the fourth lap in this eight-lap race. The two leaders are giving everything they've got. Who will win? It was just about then that Gail noticed her tires were wearing a little thin. Hmm, better go in for a pit stop. Don't want to push too hard. As Gail turned into the pit lane, Hopper smiled. She's wasting her time. I'm not going to stop. Unlike some cars, I win races. It looks like Hopper is going to push on past the pit. She probably should pull in there eventually. But she didn't. Lap after lap, she had a chance to get a short break, to refuel, get new tires and the like. But each time, she just pushed forward. Gotta go fast. No time to stop. It's the eighth and final lap. It looks like 22 is going to win. But what's that? It looks like there's smoke coming from her back left tire. No, just one lap more. Hopper pushed hard, but that just made the situation worse. Systems started failing and warning lights began flashing. Looks like you're having some issues. See you at the finish line. No, 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 no. And it's Gale for first place, followed by Sullivan in second, Parr third, and bringing up the rear, worn to a frazzle, and missing a tire, number 22 finishes fourth. What a race, folks. The moral is, God cares about us, and so he wants us to take time to take care of ourselves. Sleep, relaxation, and weekends are all good things that God has given us to enjoy. And though we might want to push ourselves to do more things, if we don't take a break sometime, we will end up not being able to do what God wants us to do. Welcome back to the Kids' Corner Drama Special on Family Life. And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the familiar drama, The Little Red Hen, an adapted tale from the public domain that teaches a biblical lesson. Once upon a time in the barnyard down the street, there was a little red hen. Good day. This little red hen was a very hard worker, and she spent her days making sure that everything was in order. Make sure the ground is thoroughly scratched. Check. Lay eggs. Check. Check on the other animals. Bet I get to that. One day, while she was going about her business, she found something very exciting. It's a sack of grain! With this, I could make a loaf of bread. Or I could plant it and make enough bread for the whole barnyard next fall. I'll need some help, though. And so, the little red hen went to her friends, Mr. Goat and Miss Sheep. I say, did you see the cows this morning? Utterly ridiculous, if you ask me. Come on now, that was the cheesiest pun I've ever heard. Ooh, two for two. Nice. Ahem. Why, if it isn't our good friend Red, how are you doing this fine day? Great. Look what I found. Let me see. Hmm, grain. It's not for eating, goat. 
Not yet, anyway. I want to plant it and grow enough grain to feed us all. A truly divine proposition. Would you like to help? Me? I'd love to. Eh, nah. And so the sheep and the hen went out into the fields and spread the grain far and wide. After a couple of days, it was time to water the crops. Again, the hen approached her friends. Who will help me water the fields? Oh, me. Nah. A little while later... It's harvest time! Who will help me gather the wheat? Me! Nah. And so on. Whenever there was something that needed doing, the sheep was on board, but the goat figured he had better things to do. Someone's got to take a nap in the sun. Eventually, the hen climbed up onto the coop and made an announcement. All my friends, I would like to share my bounty. It's time for a grain feast. And so all the animals in the yard sat down in the barn for a meal of the tastiest grains they had ever had. But when the goat showed up, the hen closed the grain bag. Hello, friend. Aren't you going to give me some of that grain? I don't think so. What? Why not? I asked you to help me, and you didn't. I asked you over and over, but you always had something better to do. I wanted to do something nice for the whole barnyard, and you were just looking out for yourself. Do you think that you deserve any of this grain? But the horse didn't do any of the work. Did you, horse? How come she gets grain? It's my grain. I get to choose who gets it. Goodbye, goat. The moral is that God wants to help others. Whether that means helping feed them, helping them learn, or even just being there when they need a friend. He has promised to reward those who share his love in this way, and for those who decide not to help, well, let's just say they won't get it as good. And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the hopeful drama, The Prospective Prospectors, an adapted biblical teaching about living for God. Once upon a time, before the West was won and a man's gun was law, a dusty 49er emerged from his mind, holding in his hand a nugget of pure gold. I've done it! I've struck it rich! Eureka! The miner excitedly paced back and forth, not sure what to do next. There's so much gold down there. It'll mean fortune and luxury and whatnot. But I'll need help getting it all. Oh, that means I'll have to share it. Oh well, there's enough to go around. I'm going to town. And so he jumped on his mule and galloped into town. Who wants to get rich? Rich, I tell you. Rich? Sure, how? Look what I found in my mind. Let me see that. Is it real, Josephine? It's real, Velma. You could tell that just from chewing on it. It's how they do it in the movies. The miner told his new friends all about the riches in store for everyone who helped him. Caught up in the spirit of excitement, Velma and Josephine bought picks and shovels and followed the old miner back to the shaft. Here, you'll want these hard hats too. Safety first, as I always say. Velma, you can carry the dynamite. Here, catch. Phew. All three of them climbed aboard the rickety old skip and gently lowered into the earth. It got darker and darker, and after what seemed to take forever, they reached the bottom. All right, I'll show you where to dig. Maybe then we'll hit the mother load. Mother load? It's where there's a lot of gold in one place. 
Wait, I thought you already found that. I just came along to get rich. And you will. But first we gotta do a little bit of digging. Why else do you think we have these tools? Lead the way. The three miners dug all day. And though they found more nuggets, occasionally the big one remained hidden. Well, that'll do it for today, I reckon. Better luck next time. That night, Velma and Josephine chatted under the stars. Do you really think this whole mother load is really a thing? Sure I do. Why else would we be out here? I guess. I just figured it'd be a little easier. Dig a little, get rich, you know. Not this dark, dusty, muddy, spooky toil for a few golden flakes. I mean, these nuggets could buy us some mighty nice things. And I can't wait to find the big one. We'll be rolling in wealth. We'll be billionaires. And that's saying something in this economy. I don't know. I was thinking of going back to town into my old job. It wasn't anything special, but I was happy-ish. Really? I'm going to sell my house, my horse, and everything else. I am going to find this gold. Days went by, and though Velma hung in there for a week, by the end of the ninth day, she had had enough. She thanked the miner, took her share of the nuggets, and went back to her old job. If you change your mind, y'all come back now, you hear? But she never did return. Months went by, and Josephine kept digging, and though there were some days that made her wonder if she would ever find what she was looking for, she never stopped digging. God tells us in his word to seek him like a fantastic treasure. We need to make sure that nothing is more important than living for him and getting to know him more. Sometimes it's tempting to chase things like happiness and comfort, but if we forge ahead not looking to the left or right, God has a store of true riches that will never go away. 